Acts 2, 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each of because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who, who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had had too much wine. Campbell Morgan uh, was a well-known preacher in 20th century in England. When he was young, he visited elderly uh, women, ladies, uh, every week to read the scripture for them. And uh, when he read the portion from Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, which he says, No, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Uh, he said, isn't that wonderful promise? Isn't that wonderful promise? But one of the lady uh, quickly respond this way. Young man, that is not promise. It is a fact. I, I love uh, her response. Uh, all the promises in the Bible. It's, it's not just a concept. Uh, it, it is a fact. Faith has to be, uh, we have to experience. Faith has to be something that you have to experience. It's not sticking your knowledge. You know, I, I, love, you, I love to use this uh, word, head knowledge transferred to heart knowledge, and that eventually transferred to hand knowledge. Faith is not to stick with your own head here. It's not a concept. You have to live out your faith, right? It has to transfer to your heart, burning heart. And not only stay your heart, but it has to transfer to your hands. So we have to live out our faith. But can we do that with our own strength? Can we live out our faith? Can we be true witness of Jesus Christ? Didn't he tell us when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will receive the power, dunamis, and you will be my witness, right? But can we really do that? I mean, verse 1, chapter 8, I mean, verse, chapter 1, verse 8 says it, right? It has answered. That's why Jesus told his disciples, do not leave the Jerusalem, but stay until you receive the Holy Spirit. We have to live. We have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can be true witness and truly live out our, our faith. As Jesus promised, on the Pentecost day, day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit came upon them. And that's the text that we just read. 
Holy Spirit came upon them. I want to share a simple message today uh, regarding uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that really mean by being filled with the Holy Spirit? To whom the Holy Spirit came come upon? And I want to begin with some, raising some questions regarding today's event in, in, in books chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. First question is, how can we receive the Holy Spirit? When did they receive the Holy Spirit? When you look at the verse 1, but the answer is this, the obedience is the key to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you look at the verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Remember, Jesus told them, do not leave the Jerusalem, but stay until you receive the Holy Spirit. So they've been waiting. Remember, Jesus rise from the dead. He spent 40 days on earth with the disciples. And before he ascended to heaven, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. Guys, do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave Jerusalem. You got to wait until the Holy Spirit come, one whom I promise to you. So they've been waiting for 10 days. That was the day of Pentecost. And and Spirit came upon them, which indicates they've been obedient, right? They obey to the word of Christ. So they stay. They wait upon the Lord. Uh, Think about the day of Pentecost. What is Pentecost? Pentecost, penta meaning 50, uh, uh, 50 days after 50 days of Passover. That's what Pentecost is. When you look at the Old Testament, that's Pentecost. Uh, Remember the Passover? Israelites were the the slaves in Egypt, right? God delivered, delivered them from the bond of slavery of Egypt. It was a great day that God took them, took the Israelites out of Egypt. On 10th plague, they, you know, God performed the plagues, right? But 10th plague was slaying uh, the firstborn of the land of Egypt. But God gave instructions to Moses, get the pure lamb, slaughter them, and put the blood on, on the doorposts, the door, the frames. Then the that destroyer will pass it over to those houses, apply the blood. That's why it's Passover, right? And they took the instruction and they applied the blood on the door frames and destroyer passed it over. So God delivered Israelite. God, del- God gave them salvation. So it was a like significant historical salvation event. When did Jesus die? When did Jesus crucify? On the Passover. Remember, right? You, 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 you read the scripture, right? He died on the Passover. And the Holy Spirit came upon disciple on Pentecost. After 50 days, see, Jesus appeared to disciples for 40 days. He ascended to heaven. Then after 10 days, so which is the Pentecost day, Holy Spirit came upon them. When you look at the Exodus chapter 19 and 20, uh, Israelites, they received the law on the, uh, on the Mount Sinai. I mean, Moses is the one who received the Mount, you know, law, and he brought it to the Israelites. It was a special day for the Israelites because they somehow received certification of be natural, you know, like becoming like naturalized 
becoming, I'm a, I'm a big, being a citizen of God's kingdom. So it was kind of, they, God gave them certification. From now on, you have to live according to my rule, my law. I'm going to be your, your people. You're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God. That was the message. That was a special day. So they were so happy. They dedicated themselves. God, from now on, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to obey your word. That's what happened in, in, in the uh, Pentecost day. They have Pentecost in the Old Testament. Similar things happening in the book of Acts here. Not they received law, but they received the gospel. Evangelion. Not they only received the gospel, but they received the Holy Spirit. In Old, Old Testament times, the Spirit came and they, he left when people sin against God, when people rebel against God. But here, Holy Spirit came upon the believers and his promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will, I'll be with you always. That's the message. See, the, the result of this Pentecost happened, took place after crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. That's why this event is so important. So important for the church. They were the first fruit. You know, the Pentecost in the Old Testament time, it was the springtime, harvest time. That's why they had, it was Thanksgiving kind of event, feast. They brought the first harvest to the God, thanking, thanking Him. Here, 120 believers were the first fruit. That's why it's so significant for all the believers. Obedience is the key to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They obey. That's why they didn't leave. They, you know, they were all together in one place because they want to be obedient to the Word of God. I'm going to stay until your promise is fulfilled. That was their attitude. For us, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you, we already received the Holy Spirit, most of us. In order for us to fill with the Holy Spirit, we have to be obedient to the Word of God. That is important. We cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and keep disobeying the Word of God. It, it doesn't happen that way. There was a mean guy, this so mean person, who claimed himself as a good Christian. Once he announced to writer Mark Twain, Before I die, I mean to make pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I will climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments loud at the top. Mark Twain replied, I have a better idea. You could stay in Boston and keep them. You know, when I read that story, that really, really challenged my heart. You know, we, as a Christian, we love to talk. We are so good talking. We can make great statements. But that doesn't mean anything. Are we truly living out our faith? Are we truly obedient to the word of God? I think that's very important. Jesus said, whoever has my commands and obey them, obeys them, he is one who loves me. He is the one who is full of the Spirit. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. I pray that you and I become obedient servant of the word, word of God. Because they always go together. Second point, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in all the believers. Holy Spirit came upon 120 disciples. 
He came upon them. If you give your life to Christ, you have spirit in you, right? And we can be filled with the spirit. Everyone. Uh, let's look at the verse once again. So it needs to sound like the blowing of a violent wind. It wasn't really wind-wind, but it sounds like it. And came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, it came from heaven. I like the expression. Came, it's not from above, it's from the below. It came from heaven. heaven. So regardless of condition, spirit is coming upon us. They saw what seems to be, uh, seems to be tongues of fire. It seems to be tongues of fire. It's not really fire, right? But it seems to be tongues of fire. They separated and they came to rest on each of them. Each of them. It wasn't really uh, Spirit of God. Fire came upon each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And they began to, to speak. So they heard sound uh, and they saw a sight and they spoke, uh, they speech, sound, sight, uh, speech. Let's think about this phenomenon, three, three phenomena, like, like uh, the sound. It sounds like wind, but wasn't. We tend to think it is a natural things, but it's not, it wasn't. It was a supernatural things. What's the significance of wind in the Bible? What's the significance of wind? All throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is characterized as being a wind. Let me show a few passages here. Uh, Ezekiel uh, 37. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to me, this is what the sovereign Lord said. Come from four winds, O breath, and the breath into the, this slain, that they may live. Actually, you know, God commanded the prophet to speak these words. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breathed entered them. They came to life and stood up on the feet, a vast army. It was the bone that he was actually speaking to, and they came to life. The breath, breath and, and the word, the wind is actually the same word in Old Testament. When you look at the New Testament, the wind and the spirit is actually the same word. So this wind represents authority and power of the Holy Spirit. See, you and I, we cannot be witness. We cannot live out our faith with our own strength. That's why spirit has to come upon us so that we can live out our faith. He comes as a wind. Sounds like wind. With the power. And, and think about the fire. That, you know, it looks like fire, but it wasn't. Why fire? All throughout the Bible, fire represents purification. He's preparing us to be useful tool of God by purifying us, cleansing us. Malachi uh, passage says here, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner's and purifiers of silver. He will purify the Levites 
and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, making us pure. That's what fire does. It represents purification. Also, when you look at the Old Testament, it was a guiding, giving us a direction, like a pillar of fire to guide us, the people of God. Think about the, the tongue, the spoken tongue. But this tongue is a little bit different from the gift of tongue mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. Because people understood what they were saying. You know, in the, back in those times, in, in Jerusalem, there are many Jews from all over the world. They live in Jerusalem. And on the Pentecost, people came from all over the other places. So they heard disciples speaking in tongue, and they understood Right? So it's not something that they mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. You need to have somebody who interprets your gift of tongue. It wasn't really like that. People understood. But what was the content? What did they say? Did they know what they were saying? I'll say no. Probably not. Right? But what was the content? We're missing the passage here. Okay, let's, let's read this passage. If you then, though you are evil. Okay, we're, we're, let me see. We're missing the past passage here. Okay, anyway, uh, I, I think I'm missing the passage here. They spoke the unknown language, but it was the language that uh, messages about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I assume that. reason is this. Uh, when they heard that they say it was a wondrous act of God. It was a wondrous act of God. What, is, what could be the wondrous work of God? I would say the salvation plan for humankind. His crucifixion. Resurrection and ascension. That's the crucial message, right? That's the wonders of God. And that's why I can assume they were speaking this, this goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So my point, what I'm trying to mention here in this passage is this. Uh, Holy Spirit can fill with all the believers. When you look at the Old Testament time, Spirit of God came upon the only prophet, kings, and like judges, and few selected people. But in New Testament time, Holy Spirit came upon the every believers. See, came upon each individual. Fire came upon each. I, I thought about, you know, wow, that's kind of weird fire. Came upon your head. I was afraid of my burning my hair, you know, like I, was, I don't have that much hair. <laughs> I was kind of a little bit scared. But didn't really, you know, burns, right? But each individual came upon them, and they began to uh, speak in tongue. So uh, as believers, we have to ask God to fill us up with the Spirit. Because without Spirit, without His power, without His fire, uh, we cannot be pure. You know, we will still keep this unpure thought in our hearts. We can, we will speak whatever we want to say. But if he comes, he will enable us to speak the word that he wants us to speak, right? 
So that, therefore, we have to ask Holy Spirit. That's why in this passage, if then, though you are evil, how know how good gifts to your children, how much more will your fathers in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We have to ask him, Lord, fill us up with the Holy Spirit. There was a guy named D.L. Moody. He was the great preacher, you know, uh, many years ago. And before, he st- I mean, it's about, this, he's about th- that he started ministry. He heard the preacher saying, the world has yet to see what God can do with one man fully surrendered to him. When he heard that, this is how he responded. By God's grace, I will be that man. I want to be that man. I hope that that is my prayer, that we can respond like that. Lord, I want to be that man. I want, I want to be the person with the filled with the Holy Spirit. For the specific task God has given us, he always empowers us to do that. So it is God. And I actually brought this glove uh, to illustrate my point. Uh, you know, by itself, you cannot do much, right? Okay, let's, let, let's see if you can grab the, my controller. There's no way, right? If, even if you try so hard, you can do that, right? But what if I put my hand in it? Ta-da! You can, I mean, this is so easy, right? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is like this. Some of us, we are like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in filled with the Holy Spirit. But not fully. Still hard. You can't do that. Some of us, we do like partially. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, it doesn't look natural, right? It's not that's natural. You have to be filled with the Spirit. Can you love somebody whom you have a little struggle with? Can you really love that person? Without feeling hurt, you can but when the Spirit is in you, you know this sign? <laughs> you can do this, right? I love you. Without Spirit, I mean, you try so hard, but you can't make, you know, you can't really love. Can we be true witness? I would say, no, you can. With, with the Spirit, of course we can. My last point. Uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit means being filled with Jesus and, and His truth. And His truth. Let me spell there. And His truth. You know, uh, when, when you think about a person with filled with the Holy Spirit, what comes in your mind? That guy's weird. You know, oh my goodness, I don't want to go near this person. If that kind of image that you have, he or she is not a person with the Holy Spirit. No, no way. He or she, filled with the Spirit means he has a manifestation of Jesus Christ. He looks like Jesus Christ. He talks like Jesus Christ. He acts like Jesus Christ. Right? Every children, people, they love to approach Jesus. Right? Look at verse 4 here. Uh, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. person with the Holy Spirit is the person who speaks whatever the Spirit enabled them to speak. Not whatever, what I want to say. person with the Philip Spirit is the one who speaks as Spirit enabled them to speak. This word, uh, overflowing, uh, and the feel with the Spirit, feel means overflowing. 
when you're filled with the Spirit, you know, it's like a cup. This is almost half, half empty, right? But when you're filled with the Spirit, it's going to be, when you touch it, it's going to be overflow, right? Just like that. That's what that means. Filling, filling means overflowing. What's overflowing from the cup? From you. Jesus Christ. And His truth. When you open your mouth, He's going to speak the truth through us. That's what one, one person who's filled with the Holy Spirit. As I conclude this message, I want to ask this question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Some of us are a little confused. Like, oh, what do you mean by receive the Holy Spirit? Someone say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, do you see the difference? Can you differentiate the, like being the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit and the be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can you differentiate that? You know, someone, I think he kind of, one whom I really respect, uh, Reverend Lee, he, he used the illustration, acknowledge that marriage, when you get married, it's like receive the Holy Spirit. You, you, you have a wedding ceremony, right? And loving spouse is being filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't marry every time you meet your husband or wife, right? It's once you receive the Holy Spirit. And afterward, you are being filled with the Holy Spirit means you're loving the spouse. It's like daily kind of things, right? Have you ever seen the crazy Asian, rich Asian movie? I mean, this is like, like everyone knows, even the whole country in, in Singapore knew that they were getting married kind of deal, right? Some of them, when the spirit come upon them, they do like, like that. They, it's like, it become like, you know, big event. Everyone know that you, have, you are having a wedding, wedding ceremony. Some of them just have a very quiet, Wedding ceremony, just go to like city hall and just sign. Nobody knows. They were, you know, but you're a married person, right? Just like that. Some of us, I notice, they don't know that spirit is upon them. But you know what? Without the helping of the Holy Spirit, you cannot be here. You cannot profess your faith. So you, I want you to know that you have the Spirit of God in you. And if you don't really profess your faith, that Jesus is my Lord, you have to check on that issue, that area, that am I really, have I really received the Holy Spirit? But most of you guys, if you profess your faith, that means you have Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This passage, last passage I want to share. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. My challenge for all of us today, you and I, we cannot live out our faith. I'm, there's no way. Try hard, you will fail. With your own strength, there's no way you can live out your faith. Therefore, we have to come to the Lord every time. Lord, I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. Can you empower me so that I can do what you want me to do? Maybe some of us haven't really received the Spirit, haven't professed your faith. You need to start you know, professing your faith to the Lord. That's the way you receive the Holy Spirit. And many of you guys already became believers, right? Ask the Lord to fill you up with the Spirit.
I want to live the kind of life. I want you to live the kind of life as well. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, Jesus manifests through us. Whenever we talk, Jesus talks through me, through us. So his kingdom may be expanded. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, uh, on the day of Pentecost, you came upon 120 disciples, Lord. All of them, you came, your spirit came upon them and you empowered them, Father, so they could live, live out their faith, Father God. Lord, uh, we attempt many times to live out our Christian life with our own efforts and we fail, I mean, every time, Father God. And Lord, I pray that your spirit may come upon us and fill us, Lord, with your spirit so that we can be able to do Live out our, our faith, Father God. Bless each one of us, Lord Jesus. We humbly bowed our heads, Father God. Would you come and fill each one of us with your Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. We ask Holy Spirit to come upon us. Lord, would you come upon us, Lord God. As we celebrate the communion, Father God, I pray, continue to speak to us, continue to empower us, Lord God, so we'll be different. We'll live out the life with your help, Father God. Bless each one of us today. Lord God, Send your Holy Spirit upon us that the bread which we break may be to us the communion of the Holy Body of Christ and the cup which we bless communion of his blood. Grant that being joined together in him we may attain the unity of the faith and grow up in all things unto him who is that Christ our risen Lord. For I receive from the Lord what I was passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he has given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whatever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whenever you're ready, you can join uh, Lord's table. I'm going to have Lord's table first. Mm-hmm.